Theme music, please. Aloha, I'm Mick Calber. And I'm Bruce Omori. And you are... On On Hawaiian Hawaiian Time. time. (laughs) (laughs) On Hawaiian Time is a podcast where Bruce and I talk stories about life unfiltered right here on the Big Island. Welcome to episode six of On Hawaiian Time. Bruce is joining me from his extreme exposure gallery in Hilo. Bruce? How's it? And I'm at home in Leilani Estates, right along with my lovely wife, Anne. Aloha. And the illustrious producer, Tim. Aloha. You know, you guys, um, a lot of businesses lately uh, have been allowed to open up on the Big Island. Florist, bicycle shop, bookstore, jewelry shop, pet grooming, and also real estate services were allowed to conduct business as usual. But what exactly does that mean? On today's episode, we may find out. We've got a couple of real estate pros here to talk about the state of home buying and vacation rentals here on the Big Island. And our first guest happens to be my daughter, the amazing supermodel, Ivory Mae Calbert. Woo-woo! What's up, you guys? <laughs> and our second guest is Jessica Gothier. Hey, how's it going? And Jess has managed vacation rentals in East Hawaii for 12 years, recently opened up her own real estate company called Saltwater Real Estate. She's the principal broker there, and we welcome Jessica and Ivory. Hey, you guys. Glad to have you with us. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Aloha. So, Annie, how do we know Jessica anyway? Well, it's been many years, a a great friendship. We uh, knew Jessica as she was about to get married to a very good friend of ours, Micah. And what ended up happening was we stepped up and were part of their wedding, which was really, really great. And then from then in their friendship, um, we actually had Jessica and Micah come over for dinner on a night that we blessed an old, our old house as we were making room or venturing out to get a new house. And with that came Jessica telling us about the house we're now in in Leilani. She helped us through our real estate maneuvering and making that happen. And um, we can't thank her enough. She's been a good friend, was here with us when we blessed our property and when Ivory was about to have um, Iris, our granddaughter. So um, she's helped us a lot in real estate. We really appreciate it. I remember meeting Jessica and Micah in 2018 during the eruption here down in Pune. Jessica and Micah were helping with Amazon deliveries. They were seeking donations from people. They were taking the donations in. They were delivering them to the hub in Pune. Um, That was a pretty cool experience. And um, I know Micah now has a a nonprofit that he's running mental restorations for veterans and family of fallen. So that's pretty cool, Jess. Yeah, you know, um, helping out during the eruption was really the first time that Micah and I kind of came together on a project and it sort of happened spontaneously. Um, and we ended up creating this Amazon wish list because we had so many friends on the mainland who wanted to help folks out who were losing their homes and losing all their belongings in 2016. So, um, or 2018, sorry. Yeah. So, uh, every day the packages would arrive and I would open them and we would film a little video. And then the next day, Micah would take them down to the Pu'uhonua, uh, Opuna hub there in Pahoa to be distributed. And yeah, all of us were really involved during that time. And speaking of people losing their houses, didn't you have a hand in helping uh, dad and Anne get their rental that they were in during the flow when they got displaced from their house? 
I yeah. sure did. Yep, I had yeah. forgotten that detail. So actually, that's um, our good friend Jane Weedlin of the Go Go's um, had a home here in Hilo that I managed as a vacation rental. And when the big earthquake hit, the poor vacation runners who were in there actually experienced the the house shaking so much that it it got some structural a uh, little bit of structural damage or um, cracks in in the drywall and such. And so, of course, we we moved the tourists out of there and did not do any more vacation renting and had it inspected and it was it was deemed livable. So, um, yeah, I connected Ann and Mick with Jane and. Gosh, how long did you guys stay there? A few, couple months, yeah. Six months, oh, all yeah. Through, all through the wow, eruption, six yeah. Months. Yeah. And wow. we we actually we actually knew Jane. Jane looked Jane looked at our house. She was right. the first person that ever looked at our house and right. considered buying it. It was too big for her. Yep. But um, yeah, then she she already knew who we were. We knew her, and moving in there was a godsend. I mean, we just that was perfect Same for us because it was it was convenient to uh, the airport, which we were flying all the time. So and right. it was uh, it was set up for dogs because she had dogs and we have a couple of Bouviers, so um, it was perfect all the way around and we really appreciated that. It was it was also interesting because Je- uh, Jessica had told us about the house in Leilani that we're in now, and at the time we'd been looking at a lot of houses and we realized hey we're putting the cart before the horse, we haven't sold our house and we're really not making much progress there so let's stop looking, and as things happen I guess she told us about this house and I just said hey what the hell I'm gonna go take a look at it so I just dropped by and I took a look at that and I really liked this place a lot I love the landscaping and stuff and I said hey Annie I know we're not looking but I think you better come look at this because I think you're gonna like this and and we did like it we ended up actually buying this house before we sold our other house which was kind of weird but uh, (laughs) we loved it we absolutely we love this place so as usual, Jessica, you were working with some unqualified buyers. <laughs> <laughs> as is very common in our industry. It sure is. Well, yeah, I, I, that's hilarious. Um, this is just such a story of, to me, the big island and the way that it brings people together and the way yeah. that needs are met when you're open to them, you know, coming from from the ether. Um yeah, it was just this great series of, of, of beautiful events. When uh, Jessica and Micah stepped up to do the Amazon wish list, they left for a month and um, Ivory and I stepped up to do it. And boy, talk about a lot of work. You guys were really amazing. Uh, and I wanted to thank Ivory for showing up. She would show up. I mean, people would show up just to watch Ivory open the boxes. Oh, please. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we had so much fun watching her from afar. We were on our family vacation in Colorado and just knowing it was going continuing. And, you know, I think each person that contributed, you know, really added so many more connections because, you know, Ivory would share it with her huge um, community of folks that she knows all over the world. And, and yeah, in turn, people were sending donations. And to get a personal thank you and acknowledgement is just incredible. What a gift. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. For sure. You know, you guys, that was awesome. I loved being a part of it. Speaking of uh, people tuning in to see Ivory, Ivory, you were a supermodel before and now you're selling real estate. How come? You know, uh, another realtor on the island a long time ago, when he started, he hit me up and said, Ivory, if there's anyone that should be doing this, it's you. And, you know, someday when you're done modeling and you want to do this, do it because 
it's waiting here for you. And I credit, that's Bill Parecki, and I credit him for it. I signed up April 17th, 2018. And then two weeks later, the flow starts. Right. Why, who's going to buy on this island now? And mm-hmm. I put it on hold a little bit, not to mention that I had a baby and Iris was, you know, barely a year. And that was enough of a full-time job for me. But I picked it back up and finished it off and, and took the test and passed on my second try. And a little ways into this for me, here we come with a pandemic. And <laughs> I'm thinking again, who's going to buy real estate here? And lo and behold, everyone keeps buying real estate here. And just what a great lifestyle we have here. You know, it's still such a community-oriented place to live. It's, it's not, not overrun by tourism, and the rain keeps enough people away that our population is kind of, you know, manageable. And I feel so lucky to have found this place. It's, it's, it's the first place I've lived as an adult that I felt home. And I've, I've been here 15 years now, and it's, it's still just as magical as when I first moved here. Jess, what town do you live in? I am in Pelka'a, which is just on the north edge of Hilo on the Hamakua side, so the Hamakua coast side. Most people probably know throughout the United States right now, real estate is struggling. Uh, there's lower inventory out there because there's less people putting their homes up for sale, so there's less buyers. Um, those stats not only hold true for the country, they hold true for the state of Hawaii and also the Big Island. But geographically, we're on the east side of the Big Island, on the Hilo side. There's also the Kona side, the west side, which is more of a tourist destination, a lot more condos over there. So when you look at the stats for the Big Island, as we've been doing for the past couple of days, it seems to be skewed. I mean, the Big Island is struggling in terms of real estate sales and lower inventory, but it's really skewed towards condominiums on the Kona side. What have you, Jess and Ivory, found being realtors on the east side of the Big Island? So far, I've had an amazing run during this pandemic. I actually have seven transactions that I've been working on, five of which have closed since, let's say, March 1st. And if I'm not wrong, the pandemic really kind of hit March 12th, I want to say. I remember being in a, a course in Kona, actually, and that was when it started happening and we started hearing about it. So maybe my data points that I provide here just aren't indicative of the situation or what I have a feeling about is those transactions were already in motion. Those were already people that knew they wanted to buy and that were, you know, like I said, in escrow, in transaction. And the good news is they didn't pull out. That's one option. And speaking of, Jess can speak to this, we actually have a new uh, addendum that goes with our purchase contract that allows, it's called the COVID-19 addendum. And it allows buyers to rescind and get out of their deal just for the very fact that it's COVID-19 happening and I don't want to buy this anymore. As far as I understand it, I got I have to say right. nobody's used it yet. Jess, yeah, can you speak to that? Well, right. So this is such an unknown and there are no experts because this is really the first time this has happened. And so the um, Hawaii Association of Realtors that uh, creates uh, our documents for transactions statewide, they created this COVID-19 addendum, um, you know, with an understanding that some people may 
have been um, close to closing and maybe they were so financially impacted in their lives that they didn't, um, they weren't going to be able to complete a transaction that they were in the middle of, but had no um, standard contingencies left. So it was kind of a Hail Mary that the Hawaii Association of Realtors allowed um, to become part of the purchase contract. And anecdotally, I don't know anybody who's used it either, Ivory. And I, I think you're right. I think that the people who are already in transactions, especially here in East Hawaii, were more residents, people who already lived here or people who were committed to moving here and felt like this was a good place to be. I do believe, and the stats do show this, that we're going to have a slowdown in new transactions, certainly. Um, but we were overdue for a market correction anyway. And and the one positive thing that East Hawaii uh, real estate markets have over West Hawaii and, and over some of the other Hawaiian islands is that we have an actual local economy here on the east side. We're not completely tied in with tourism. Um, and I think that reflects in um, what Tim was saying about the, the condo sales on this island being down way more than the single family home sales because condos are typically purchased by um, people who are coming from um, other locations and they're coming here in the winter to get away from, you know, Canada or the, the Northeast or the Northwest of the mainland in the U.S. And they're coming here to buy a condo to retire in or to have as a, as an investment property. And, you know, a lot of those snowbirds left in March when the state started shutting down for COVID. So that's kind of a fallout of, of the loss of tourism. But luckily here on the East side, you know, we're, we're hanging in there and, Hilo itself has always been a really strong market. There's always been less inventory than there are buyers, and it's never fluctuated as much as other areas um, in pricing simply because it's, you know, it's a great place to live with a tight housing market. We have a, a lot of unique uh, things on the, on the east side of the Big Island. Um, number one, there's a lot less people than other places in Hawaii. Number two, um, prices are a lot lower. It's the, really the only affordable real estate market in Hawaii that I know of. Number three, it's, um, it's been remarkably steady. We have our ups and downs. It never goes real high, nor does it go real low. You know, we always seem to weather all that. It's, when I remember when I first moved here, I've lived here for 35 years. I remember when I first moved here, it seemed like everything was for sale. You know, there's a for <laughs> sale sign everywhere. And, and a lot of places, they, they, the for sale signs stay there for years. They never go away. And I finally figured out that a lot of people just put their places up for sale, not so much because they want to sell them. But if somebody comes along and says, yeah, I'll give you $2 million, sure, okay, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, I think it's rather interesting. But, you know, there's, there's just a number of factors that make this place different. You know, and we've never, and here's another one, you know, COVID, we have hardly had any COVID here, especially on this side of the island. We have only had, what, 75 cases or something. There's nobody in the hospital now. I think there are a few recovering still, but not very many. And most of those have been in West Hawaii. So, you know, we just, East Hawaii is a unique place, period. And I'm sure that is reflected in real estate. Oh, just to uh, discuss one more topic, I actually have a joke for you, Dad. 
Uh oh. <laughs> maybe you maybe cut off my Tim. That's all right. Tim is Notice the, I Tim had is a the joke monitor. Notice I said I have a joke for you, Dad. Okay. Nice. What do you need to know to become a great vacant land salesperson? Lots. Ah. Oh. <laughs> and that's what I have to say is is that's another thing we have here on the east side of the Big Island is a lot of vacant land still for sale. Yeah. We've been producing land here, and it, and it goes for cheap. That's what's so cool. You can buy a three-acre lot, a one-acre lot in Fern Acres in different areas, $10,000, maybe less. Mm-hmm. Yep. Think about that. A lot Think of about- hot property. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got some property to sell you in Lower yeah, Leilani. Le- yeah, it's hot. <laughs> I even had an inquiry for one of those lots this week. Okay, landlocked sure. in lava, and someone still wants to buy it. How about that? <laughs> hey, look at look at Kalapana. Kalapana burned right. down by the lava thirty years ago. Right? There's nothing there but lava, and there are uh, over a hundred homes there now on yep. the lava. You know, so. Doesn't matter. People will live here. There's a right price for everything. There's nothing like owning a piece of the rock. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. (laughs) And Jessica, uh, here's a great trivia for everyone, too, out there. If you own land and lava covers it, who owns the land and who owns the lava? You still own the land. You still own your lot. Any new land that's created is owned by the state of Hawaii. How about that? Hmm. Pretty cool. New new land being land that goes off the coast. Yeah. Right. I have some friends down in Kaimu who lost their house in the flow in the 1990s, and it had been oceanfront, and they rebuilt uh, in the early 2000s, and they now have about a football field length of pohoihoi lava between them and the ocean. Wow. Wow. Which is all state land. Yep. If you're interested in any of the products we mentioned during this show, please go to our website, onhawaiantimepodcast.com, and you'll find links there. In the interest of transparency, we do receive a small commission if you buy anything, at no cost to you, of course, but it certainly helps us to make this podcast viable. So if you want us to uh, stay alive, help us out there, okay? Mahalo. Go to our site and join our updates email list for a free trial of OHT Plus. Bonus content. You won't want to miss that. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to, and I don't know whether we want to do this, um, is have a statement from both um, Ivory and Jess about um, who they are, what they do, and how people can connect to them. I'm Jessica Gothier, and I am the principal broker of the newly created Saltwater Real Estate and Saltwater Vacations. We are a full-service real estate firm in Hilo, Hawaii, buying and selling homes, and we are a management company. We, we manage vacation rental homes here on the east side of Hawaii and welcome visitors once we're reopen. So thanks for letting me plug my business, saltwater-hawaii.com. And I'm Ivory Calber, the daughter of the famous Mick Calber, best jokester in all the land. (laughs) And I am a realtor extraordinaire on the big island of Hawaii. I actually service all islands. I'm with a wonderful outfit called Equity Hawaii Real Estate. We are located, our branch main office is on 
Oahu in Honolulu, and we service most of the east side of the Big Island. I can be reached at my snazzy phone number, 727-0007, and hence I'm known as the 007 of Hawaii Real Estate. Happy to help you find your dream home. That's an 808 area code, and we'll put those links on our website in the show notes for this episode. Awesome. Thank you. So how has the process changed with this COVID pandemic? Um, You know, I know, you know, in the typical sense, uh, before you'd take people to homes and everything, has, has that process changed for you guys any? Actually, it's Ivory, and I, I've found that it's been a positive change, believe it or not. Uh, I'm real active on the caravan committee, and the caravan is something that most cities and states have, I think. It's, it's where all the realtors get together in a group, and we visit all the new listings or something that someone wants us to see. And that has changed because any house that is occupied, they might not want people going through their house right now, right? Mm-hmm. So with that change, most agents now have the virtual tours, the Matterports, which makes it easy to go from our you know, home on our computer and see these houses. So that's how we do Caravan now. And we've had a great response from it. And it's been really cool. And guess what? Instead of three hours out there driving around, and it's exhausting, by the way, we now spend mm-hmm. maybe an hour in our Zoom call, just like this, And seeing these houses, each agent has maybe five, six minutes to talk about their house. And it's been an amazing change. And it's been great to still be able to see these houses. So that's been my side of things is it's really been actually nice. And a lot of us are responding that way. Have you seen that, Jess? Absolutely. And I love the virtual caravans. They're just fantastic. Um, And, you know, I think that it's something that the Board of Realtors is going to adopt, I hope, moving forward, because there's been so much more participation, because like you said, it's a lot less of a time commitment, and it's not nearly as exhausting. Um, But we still get to, you know, really virtually tour each other's listings and and really learn what's out there on the market. Um, The other thing that... Oh my gosh, the gas, the the emissions, just it's it's sustainable all around. The only thing um, is we don't get fed by our sponsors. We don't get fed by our sponsors anymore. <laughs> so lame. <laughs> right? Um, one of the other challenges is um, when you have a listing, uh, that's something I've experienced is, you know, buyers are, are actually, some have been willing to buy virtually without visiting the house and they'll come say during the inspection period. So what I've been able to do, as long as the property has a good internet signal, I go to the property and so it's just me, just one person and I can do a FaceTime call with the agent and their buyers and answer all their questions and tour through the house. Um, and my sellers really, really like that because the, there's not as much exposure, um, and, but we're still doing the business of selling their house. So technology nice. has just been a, a great savior for our industry. That's really cool. That being said too, really the, the front runners of this have been the vacant homes. So that's the, the great ones to sell right now and the ones that I've been able to sell and had listings on are vacant homes where you can still have showings. Yeah. That's, that was interesting too. You could still go out as long as you wore a mask and mm. practice social distancing, which is what we did. And, and that's why there really hasn't been, in my, in my opinion, a slowdown to the market in that way because we've kept on almost business as usual. So is it a buyer's market or seller's market? 
It's we've been in the process of transitioning from a seller's market into a buyer's market. And um, the markers of a buyer's market are all here, which is more inventory, starting to get more inventory. COVID has kind of done an interesting thing with inventory. But um, in general, um, buyers are in more of a position to be able to negotiate lower prices, um, lower, uh, you know, through inspections, they're able to negotiate more repairs and such. Um and we were we were kind of overdue for switching into a buyer's market, um, and we're definitely this is definitely we're definitely there now. Um, just just with the lowered um, numbers of transactions that are happening, and we all we don't have any crystal balls as we all talk about in this industry. But my broker seems to think that quarters three and four this year are really going to be a boom. See a boom with mainland people that want to move here. I think that having us all in our homes has made us realize how important our homes are to us and how Absolutely. if you can have a choice, why not live in Hawaii where you don't yep. have to pay a heating bill and you can go out and do your garden and make your sustainable life. And I think that has become really, um, what's that word I'm looking for, dad? I don't know. Attractive <laughs> to people. <laughs> I totally agree. I, th I, think, I think that the Big Island is going to become a, a very popular destination for people who are looking to live more sustainably and work remotely. It's just a perfect place for that. I think you guys are right, but I'm, I'm curious about something. I'm confused. I thought during COVID, we had less inventory. And you're saying we have more inventory. We, the inventory right now is in some areas uh, less because sellers have put on hold their plans to list. So the question was more about whether we're in a buyer's or seller's market. We, we really are in a buyer's market, which is usually evidenced by more inventory, but COVID has really created less inventory. Um, but uh, I, I know in my personal business, I've got several, several sellers who, you know, wanted to list back in March and then said, wait, we better wait. So I think that that inventory marker is, is, um, that's a COVID response. Um, and I think that as soon as we kind of open back up, whenever that happens, we're going to see a glut of inventory on the market. Um, and interest rates are historically low, right? Right. That's right. Um, the issue, though, is starting to become people who've lost their jobs may now not be able to um, approve for a mortgage loan at all. So uh, one mm -hmm. of the things that happened in the crash of 2008 and 2009, which I think we're, we're going to see some of this happening here, too, is that the only people with buying power were people who had cash or the, the very high-end luxury buyers. Mm -hmm. um, so that kind of created a really interesting atmosphere where a lot of um, you know people who live and work here were not able to kind of uh, move around, you know, sell the family home and downgrade to a retirement downgrade to a retirement home or upgrade to a larger family home. You know, they kind of stayed put. Whereas um, the luxury market was much more opened up and things like vacation rentals were selling and luxury condos. Um, so it'll be interesting to see um, what that market does in the next year. Um, and I think it, 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 it is affected a lot by the stock market too. If, mm -hmm. if stocks become bad, a bad investment, luxury properties become a good investment. 
but but in, interestingly, the stock market has remained stable. Yeah, fascinating. But unemployment, on the other hand, is way up, fourteen point seven percent as of as of today, and that's the worst since the Depression era. It was only ten percent. Well, it was a big ten percent in two thousand nine. But anyway, you've got a lot of experience with vacation rentals, right? I mean, that's got to be taking a big hit right now. Um, I started managing vacation rentals here in East Hawaii um, in, I believe it was 2008 or nine, um, but it was during the last crash when, when it was hard to sell a house and I was a single mom and needed to make a living and, and discovered vacation rental management. And back in those days, um, vacation rentals were um, advertised on only a couple of websites, VRBO being the primary one. And travelers came to their favorite destinations and stayed in the same house every year. Um, Kapoho was an area where I managed over 25 homes. And um, it was a great, steady little um, village um business uh, because we employed housekeepers and service providers and myself, property manager, you know, all close to home. Um, when Airbnb, which is a booking site, um, it, when it was created, it made it so easy for um, anybody to list a room in their home or um, their whole home for rent. It really dramatically changed the vacation rental industry. Um, so what had really been very much a mom and pop, you know, small um, industry became worldwide, you know, this, this, I mean, you've seen it. I mean, Airbnb is, is now traded on the stock market and it's a multi-billion dollar um, uh, economy. Um, and hotels are taking a look. And so now there's this battle between hotels and vacation rental industry. Um as someone who was in the industry before the Airbnb came came around, I I really um, I have a hard time with the changes because it's unfortunately it has created in some areas um, problematic housing prices for people who are just trying to live and work here, and you know a homeowner can make so much more money. Um, renting their home short term than than renting it long term without a lot of the long term renting problems, so it's a real problem. Um, so the the county of Hawaii did um, last year they passed a bill um, to regulate short term vacation rentals. If if short term vacation rental whole whole homes are outside of resort zoned areas, they must now have. Uh, a non-conforming use permit and a short-term vacation rental permit with the county that has to be uh, renewed annually. And um, during that process, I think we probably did lose a lot of quote-unquote illegal rentals. Um, what is still legal is to rent a room in your home. And I know Mick and Ann have um, or, or have had in the past an area that you rent. And um, yeah. that's kind of the other side of the coin, which is the real positive, which is locals being able to, um, you know, boost their income by renting out a part of their house. Right, guys? Yes, absolutely. I love it. I hope to, we hope to be back at it again. We kind of shut down with, and we were so happy to have Andrea and Tim downstairs, but I absolutely love having a vacation rental. Yeah. But you know, Jess, they say, they say that as this thing, uh, as we reopen, 
um, the country, or in our case, the island, um, that people may not want to stay in hotels. And right. that vacation rentals, Airbnb, VRBO, that kind of thing will become more attractive to them. So I if they so. shut us down, if they don't allow um, a little bit, give a little bit more latitude to the people doing vacation rentals, they're shooting themselves in the foot because they need us. Agreed. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, for well, so one thing, just backtracking a little bit, is that um, the governor mandated um, any new arrivals um, during COVID have to um, do this 14-day stay-in-place quarantine. And then the uh, mayor, Harry Kim of, the, of Hawaii Island, um, clarified that vacation rentals were considered non-essential business and have to be closed down. So vacation rentals have been closed down. Um, now, really, the ones I manage, we closed down um, towards the end of March, and they've been closed um, all the way through May. And, you know, um, that's put out of business just in my little business, just the houses that we manage, that's put out of work eight people. Um and that's been, you know, we've been really hard hit. So we are very much looking forward to the time that we're allowed to, to reopen. And I think that um, it's important for our government to support us, especially now that we've been through a licensing process and, and we are legal businesses and, um, and we do bring a lot of really great positive tourism to the area that supports mom and pop shops and restaurants in little towns like Pahoa and Volcano where there are no hotels you know, all along the Hamakua coast up where I live, um, you know, so I would really like to see our gov government supporting our industry better. It's actually a really fantastic, sustainable, great little job maker village industry. Um, so yeah, and you're right, Mick, tourists are going to feel a lot more comfortable coming to a house where they can, you know, not be around other people, just, just be themselves in a family in a house um, the housekeeping company that I work with, they're following CDC protocols in cleaning between guests when we do get it back up and running. So we feel really confident that we're able to give people a nice, um, clean places to stay that are disinfected. So, yeah. And, you know, that's another place where East Hawaii is unique in that um, we, we don't have all that much hotel room here. And so when, when we do get an influx of visitors, we actually don't have enough units to house them all. We need Airbnb, we need VRBO, we need vacation rentals in order to take care of the overflow. When we have Merry Monarchs and a number of different things, uh, events here, uh, we right. need that overflow. The Hawaii Visitors Bureau is very much in support of, of uh, the alternative housing methods. And, and it's important to note too that um, a lot of the uh, community plans like the Hamakua community plan, the Puna community plan, they also support vacation rental industry because they recognize that um, these areas that don't have traditional tourist lodging, um, this is how we bring in dollars that for the most part stay here. You know, the the people whose homes I manage, um, a few of them live elsewhere, but a lot of them live here. And these are either second homes or going to be retirement homes, or they're the family home that's you know, too big for the retired parents to live in anymore, but they want to keep it and be able to spend holidays there with their kids and the rest of the year rent it out to travelers. Um, 
yeah, so I, I, I'm very hopeful um, that it's going to continue to be a really awesome, thriving industry here in East Hawaii. I mean, when people come to stay with us, we treat them like family. You know, these, I want them to have a great time and it's a personal experience. So I've really appreciated working with other vacation rental owners. When we had the eruption in um, Leilani, I was within two hours able to get people that were staying in a, a unit that I was uh, hosting. I got them, I put it out on our, you know, coconut wireless and within two hours, two young women were able to pick up their stuff and go straight into another unit, at, you know, and it's working together and Absolutely. supporting our community. And yes, uh, I but really, did they get really the good lattes it. that you have at Kupono Gardens? Well, that too. That's a big <laughs> part of it. Yeah. I had a lot, a lot of the vacation rental owners who I manage their homes, a lot of them opened up their vacation rentals to lava evacuees. And that's just how we are here. We really support each other um, because we know that this is, you know, an an integral, the community is, it's why we live here, right? Yeah. Like Mick said too, uh, I actually was in New York City doing Airbnb on a little teensy, less than 100 square foot room in my apartment. And that was during Hurricane Sandy. And like dad said, in a in an emergency, or like you guys were saying about the lava flow, it's great to have those extra rooms that aren't hotel rooms where we can open them. And Airbnb does a great job helping the hosts do more um, pricing that is more nice and respectful to those people in need and in an emergency situation and what a godsend for people to be able to go into people's homes and like you said not a hotel and and feel the warmth and the um home feeling of an airbnb rather than a a stark hotel room you know yeah through my experience in the travel industry uh things have shifted to where uh vacations are um more experiential now than ever before. So I think a lot of the visitors that come into uh, the east side of Hawaii are looking for that experience, you know, that local experience. And, you know, I, I may be biased because I live on this side. I was born and raised here in East Hawaii. But, um, you know, there's really a, a true sense of aloha here where the locals welcome visitors like friends and ohana, you know, more than anywhere else in the state. We may get a little bit of kickback from, <laughs> from people living in uh, other parts of the, the island and the state. But, you know, that's what um, brought me back home to Hilo. It's this special uh, feeling, this warmth of aloha here so i i think a lot of the visitors are looking for that and um you know it's it holds true for uh other businesses as well you know people that cater uh, to the tourists providing that local um, experiential vacation exactly I can tell you, Bruce, you're absolutely 100% right. We um, we greet most of the guests who come into our vacation rentals. The ones I manage are what's called whole home rentals, so they're they're not being hosted. But we greet them and meet them, and you know talk to them about 
the our favorite restaurants or uh, black and white night that's happening the first Friday of November or, yeah. you know, all kinds of great events that are happening in and around Hilo. And that's why they're here. That's why they're staying in a vacation rental, because they really want to learn that about about our great little area. And, you know, lo and behold, some of them end up moving here, um, falling in love with it. And it may take them decades to get to that point in their lives where they can make the move over here to the big island and then they look up ivory and buy a house so exactly it's a win-win. Only, um, really the luxury <laughs> buyers are the ones that i'm open for jess <laughs> okay luxury. good to know noted yes, the luxury property you know jess um ivory sent us a couple articles and one of them was um uh, an economist named brubaker who was talking yep. about you know it, you got to put on your get your crystal ball out here now he says, if you say you're doing forecasting right now, you're not. You know? Right. We're, we're <laughs> in a situation that. now that it's, it's continually changing. It's going to change probably rapidly in the next month or two. So, yep. you know, the, the next question on that one would be, uh, will we recover? And what will our recovery look like? You know, is, is we're going to see tourism take a back seat to a more diverse ty- uh, type of economy. And I know you guys aren't, you know, that's not your job. But what do you think? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I'd like to see more diversity here on the Big Island. Absolutely. My husband's involved in, um, he's got a nonprofit where he's um, helping with personal wellness in getting on the ocean and fishing and also farming. And, you know, this is a place where farming has historically been very successful. And I think that farming needs to change. Um, You know, it needs to become more sustainable for small farmers to to feed the island. But I think that absolutely we're going to change. And even though I work in tourism as well as real estate, I I want to see tourism change. I think the best thing we can do to sort of guess at projections is just to look at the human spirit and recognize that crises bring us all together. And East Hawaii, Hawaii Island, Hawaii in general as a state is a place where people work together already. I, I just sense that more and more people are going to look at Hawaii as a, as a safe, wonderful place to have a life. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to be all right. Cool. It's interesting, Jess, because you know, I'm from Connecticut originally. And, you know, one thing that I saw after 9-11 was a lot of um, New Yorkers, a lot of Manhattanites, they decided to get out of the city and they decided to go to the country and to quote unquote safer places. And I'm curious to see what happens. Hopefully this pandemic goes away sooner than later. And I'm interested to see what happens if people decide to get out of cities and urban areas and move to places perhaps like the Big Island. No, but that is the big question, Tim. Will, will that happen? You know, we're, we're sitting and it's a, who knows? But we're, you know, we're sitting in a place that's a very attractive place to people like that because we have low prices, because it's Hawaii, because it's beautiful, you know. The, it, it, it may not be beautiful the way a lot of people think of Hawaii, though. You know, the East Hawaii is different. This is, this is not white sand beaches and the resorts of, of Kona and Kauai and Maui. You know, this is different. The Pune is a different place. It has its own beauty, but it's a more, the Big Island in general is a more rugged place. You know, this is different. This is kind of like pioneering. So, um, sure. you know, will they do that? Who knows? 
you know, the Hawaii Visitors Bureau came out, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago and was saying, well, we can promote that our stats on uh, COVID cases are so low that this is the place to come. And it's like everyone went, wait, no, that's why we're <laughs> that's why we're doing so well is, exactly. you know, and and elements they wanted to put tracking devices on people that came to visit, you know, and you kind of go, yeah, that might be a good idea. You know, I mean, not that I want to do that to anybody, but there's a reason why, you know, we have done so well. I mean, when the governor looks at trying to stop airports from incoming planes, you know, does it have to get that severe? So it's it's interesting to look at. It's a double-edged sword. You know, we right. rely on tourists. We want people to come and have great experiences, but, you know, leave your COVID at home. Yeah, I mean, anecdotally, <laughs> I've heard of two people in the past couple of days who, um, on the mainland, who are going to go get a vacation home for a month, a couple states away, just to a change of scenery, you know, to change it up. They're going to work. They have to work from home anyway. So Hawaii has an advantage in terms of being able to sort of restrain travel, whereas states on the mainland, they don't have that ability. So I, I'm seeing, if I've only heard it, I've heard it from a couple of people, but it's just recently. And I'm guessing a lot of people are thinking about that. Like, hey, I was going to take a vacation this year. It's not happening. I'm going to go rent this nice vacation home, drive four hours or so. And, you know, a state like Montana, who's got a very low rate of positive cases, they might see more people driving in because, <laughs> hey, we want to hang out in Montana. Yep. But Hawaii is in a different position when it comes to that. Yeah, we sure are. You know, you know, because of our isolation, I mean, that makes things difficult for us in a lot of ways. But on the other hand, it makes things great, too. You know, I've, I've heard people liken the, um, uh, that pandemic situation on the mainland uh, where you know some states and counties are being more restrictive and others are not. Some guys liken it to somebody pissing in a pool, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but here in Hawaii, we're not in that pool, you know. So it's it's kind of um, right. kind of nice to be isolated as we are. Um, makes things mm -hmm. uh, easier to control. But I have to say, I'm pretty fearful about when they open this back up to tourists. If we have people flooding in from all over the world, I mean, you know, how, even, even if they're tested, you know, people come in here that are asymptomatic and start passing this yeah. thing around. We've dodged the bullet so far. But, you know, yeah. if, they, if, if we don't wait until this thing slows down to a dull roar and have really good testing in place, uh, when they reopen things on the airlines, well, I think we're in trouble. Yeah, it's not just the testing, though. We need to have some kind of treatment and some kind of vaccine. Yeah. And uh, until until those things are perfected, yeah, I don't think uh, there's going to be a way you can manage it without controlling uh, the influx of people. Yeah, but they talk about a vaccine like maybe this fall, this winter at the earliest, more likely yeah. a year or 18 months away. Yeah. That's a long so time. So this COVID, it is. Uh, but this COVID thing is is here to stay until we can get it under under control like that. Yep. Like, you know, like the flu. But it's not like the flu. <laughs> it's not. That, that's why we're, we're going to be dealing with this for a long time. Yep. So everybody who's out there listening, all 12 of our family members, 
And a few of my fans. Come on. Well, now we've got Ivory and Jess on, so it's going to spread to their fans. So we're going to at least triple that. No, just kidding. Um, but everyone out there on the mainland and around the world who loves Hawaii wants to know, when can I come visit? And of course, there is no crystal ball, as we keep saying, but Hawaii is opening. They're opening this week. Um, I guess it's a wait and see. So right now, vacation rentals are effectively shut down through the end of May. Um, so anybody wanting to come and stay in a vacation rental, the first available is June. But we are tentative about that until there's an actual declaration because we don't know if that's going to get extended or if um, if if hotels and vacation rentals are going to be opened um, in the same schedule as other businesses. We don't know yet. Jess, is that for Big Island or all of Hawaii? That is for Big Island. Each island is a little bit different, um, but basically the Big Island is following the governor's mandates on that. Um, I think Hawaii might be a little longer, um, but you can look at each each island's websites. Uh, their county websites should be uh, clear about those regulations. What about hotels? Are hotels open? Hotels are still open on the Big Island. They're they're massively restricted, and they have to follow that 14-day quarantine. Um, and um, all lodging is allowed to be open for um, first responders and COVID workers. So lodging for, say, traveling nurses, that's all stayed open. Um, I had an interesting conversation with a friend of mine who lives here in Hilo, and she rents out two of the bedrooms in her home to traveling nurses. And she has had a traveling nurse in her home for three or four months already when COVID hit. Um, and then they had another nurse who was coming in to work specifically because of COVID. And they thought, well, how can we social socially distance from her in our house where we're sharing a yeah, kitchen? Wow. And it was really interesting then because she's a healthcare worker, she was of course going to the hospital every day and yeah. um, potentially, you know, bringing home the virus now that's that's now been many weeks ago and they're all fine but just kind of an interesting thing i wouldn't i i i would not want to be in in a a legislative position right now to try and draw those lines yeah it's very difficult absolutely it is and they just mentioned recently the i think the governor did no rental cars for incoming visitors are allowed right now oh wow and a one-time <laughs> something like a one-time hotel room key it will only unlock your hotel room one time and then you have to go to the front desk to get <gasps> let back in oh right because you're not supposed to leave the room once you're in you're in jail yeah more or right. less <laughs> they're not making it comfortable for visitors right now That's and putting sure. it on the hotels to be responsible for those visitors it's like who's gonna who's gonna police that one Sounds like Hotel California. You can check out anytime you want, but you can never leave. Perfect, perfect. Well, I'm out of curiosity. I'm on Zillow and different real estate sites every day because my wife and I are renting from Mick and Ann right now, long term. Yay! But And we're not in the market to buy right now. We're looking to rent at some point. Um, sure you are, Tim. Let me get you started on the process. But, it, but, it, but for me, it's fascinating Googling and seeing what's available on the east side because there are deals. And, you know, you can get into a, a modest price home. You can get into a high price home. Or you can find these deals with these tiny homes and off the grid and solar and catchment water. And 
it's just really fascinating all the different options you do have on the east side of Hawaii. And it's like, man, maybe maybe this is the time to buy. You don't, you just... It, it, <laughs> it might be. Just remember what we say in the industry, Tim, the A in Zillow stands for accuracy. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like, Tim, I could, I'd be happy to set you up with a search on I my got MLS. You. And, and we sold our home in Connecticut last year, and I can vouch um, Zillow is not always accurate. Not always accurate. It is a great, really fun way to do it. Even we in the industry still, I love to peruse it. It's fun. It's fun to see the little, the little pin marks on the map and and I understand, and there are a few different sites that, like that that are a great place to start. So don't get me wrong. But when you're, you know, when when you're ready, I'll say when, not if. When you're ready, we'll we'll do it. We'll go about it, and maybe Jess and I can co-op on it. <laughs> we no should have just pick on Zillow because, uh, you know, value is sometimes a subjective thing, and it depends on the buyer and the seller. And, and we found that, you know, it all depends on what somebody's looking for, and if it's their dream home. It's more valuable to them. So, uh, Tim, apparently we have a new jokester in the house, so I'm going to retire and my daughter's <laughs> going to take over. So we're going to do a separate podcast just on Mick jokes on our On Hawaiian Time Plus tier. We're trying a new little tier. Yeah, now you're talking. Yep. Now you're you got to sign up for our uh, mailing list, and you can mm-hmm. get that on our Facebook. We'll put it on our website, too. Sign up for our mailing list, and we're going to give extra free content for uh, about a month and a half till the end of June, and then... We'll try a little dollar a month thing and see if it works because we need to get a little revenue going for this podcast because we're all going broke here. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll check, check it out. You know, every time I tell a joke, these guys boo. They cut me off. They wouldn't even let me finish the joke. And now they're going to sell them. Now they're going to make money having me. T- hello, hello, I'll be here all week. Well, folks. maybe we have to have people check off. I'm over 18 and I can handle mixed jokes before uh, yeah, they sign up. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Hey, speaking of jokes, I have one for you. Are you Never ready? Never thought you'd ask. <laughs> okay, what did the sadist say to the masochist when they were walking down the street and the masochist said, hurt me, hurt me? I don't know. The sadist said, no. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to go to get Google it? the definitions of those words. I've never heard those terms before. <laughs> yeah, well, you stick with me, you'll become worldly, worldwide. I do want to say when we're back open and Cupono Gardens, the best vacation rental is available, I thought of a tagline for you guys to print on the shirts. Come as a visitor, leave as Ohana. Ooh, Aww. excellent. Ooh. I, excellent. Nice. nice. Now, so but now you have to explain to them what Ohana is. Everybody knows, Dad, it was on Lilo and Stitch. Yeah, there you go. Oh. <laughs> it means no oh, one you're right. is left I watch behind. That all the Don't time. talk down to our listeners, Mick. You know, give them more credit than that. Oh, come on. I mean, the people They'll in Hawaii what understand that. is after they stay at Kupona Gardens. <laughs> but the two, me- the two members of our Ohana that are on the mainland, they don't know what Ohana is. Who, myself and Andrea? Even though they are Ohana. Well, we've experienced that here. I, I'm biased, of course. But, you know, staying um, in an Airbnb, that, well, it's not an Airbnb right now because we're doing a long-term rent, but... You know, it's about the, the hosts and the people you live with, you know, and we've had a great time spending time with Mick and Ann, my wife and I. We are all isolating. We've become an Ohana and uh, we take turns doing the shopping and this and that. So exactly. And I don't know how to go through a disaster without Tim and Andrea. So this is our second <laughs> no trip. Kidding. We went through the eruption. Now that, you know, it's like if anything happens again you know, in the future, I'm calling you guys. 
Disaster therapy. You know, speaking of the eruption, it's interesting, and I know Ivory and Jess will, will bear this out. The, the whole perception of what, what happened during the eruption on this island was so skewed on the mainland. And, and still, to this day, we've had people come and stay in the Airbnb who have no idea there was even an eruption here. It was 500 feet from our property. They don't even know they're staying there. And then we have other people who like I talked to just last night, you know, who thought, oh man, I don't think I could live there. I don't think I could live on that island with those things that happened, you know. And, but while it was going on, the eruption was happening here and the eruption was happening at the summit. It's really affecting only a very, very small part of the island. You know, and people had this perception. We had people canceling reservation in Kona. <laughs> right. You know, canceling reservations all over because they were afraid of the eruption, which is crazy. So there's, there's a real wide variety of perceptions about the volcano in Hawaii. It's due to yeah. the, it's because of the movies. The movies yeah. make it look bad. Make, you know, Joe versus the volcano and you think you got to run and, Do you, you know. guys have to disclaim when you're, when you're selling homes, the lava zone and do you explain the lava zones? Because this whole island is divided into lava zones, what, one through nine, one being the most uh, vulnerable to volcanoes? Yep. Take it, Ivory. Oh, for sure. We actually have an entire uh, additional Hawaii disclosure and it tells you about koki frogs lava zones <laughs> what else is on there Jess? Uh, archaeological sites that may be on your property um aircraft flyover like helicopter flyover noise i think humidity and mosquitoes maybe should be included if they aren't <laughs> so i have i have a disclaimer now on the top of my vacation rental rental agreement that that tourists sign reminding them that they're coming to a tropical destination and that air conditioning may or may not be available and that they are very likely to see both geckos and some other form of pests inside the house. Oh, I love and that, <laughs> that's just, I you can't freak it. out about I love it. a termite swarm or a few ants here and there. It's going to happen. That is great. Thanks, you guys. It was great talking to you guys. Yeah. Thank Thanks you. for joining Absolutely. us on Hawaiian Time. This was so awesome. Thanks, everybody. Thank, Thank you. you. Take care, Mahalo. guys. Aloha. Aloha. Okay, gang, that'll about do it for this episode. Don't forget, we're running a contest through May 31st, 2020. Go to com, click on the contest link, and the winner will get a $100 Amazon.com e-gift card. You can also support us by buying some of our stuff. Click on the merchandise link on our website. Check it out. Good stuff, brah. <laughs> we want to send out a special mahalo to Joel Marcus, who designed our logo, and to Jamie of Silver Line Sound. You guys rock. Hey, if you're just listening on our website or on another app and you haven't subscribed yet, please do it now. It helps us to attract advertisers and we need that to keep this podcast going. So if you've got an idea for a show topic, let us know that too by commenting on our social media posts. I'm Mick Calber. I'm Bruce Omori. I'm Ann Calber. And I'm Tim Cookley. And you've been... On Hawaiian Time! Are we done? Yeah, we're done. Aloha! I love you Aloha! Aloha! Aloha. Later! Bye! Aloha. Bye! Later! <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh,